to Cathartic Conversations Podcast. Hi, I'm Kathy. And today's show is very sensitive. Um, I'm starting out my podcast with a couple of sensitive issues so we can get a grasp on where we are after the pandemic and how to move forward after the pandemic. Our topic of today's show is domestic violence. What is domestic violence? Domestic violence is a pattern of abuse, behavior in any relationship that is used by one partner to gain or maintain power and control over another intimate partner. Every nine seconds in the US, a woman is assaulted or beaten. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. During one year, this equates to more than 10 million women and men globally. An estimated 736 million women, almost one in three, have been subjected to physical and or sexual intimate partner violence, non-partner sexual violence, or both. Today, we have a guest. She's a psychotherapist and a counselor and a friend who come to share her experience and her hope on this very serious subject. Please welcome Jen Taylor to Cathartic Conversations podcast. Hi, Jen. Hi, Kathy. Thanks so much for having me. Um, very, very honored to be here. And hi, everybody. Um, these are very important topics, albeit sensitive. Um, but I think the more that we can talk about it and spread knowledge and awareness, um, the better off our future generations can be. I um, agree. Yeah. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a therapist. I've done uh, counseling in outpatient mental health clinics in New York City for mm -hmm. about 21 years. And I have a private practice and I'm also working for Life Stance Health at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and shoot, what you got for me, Kathy? Well, Jen, um, I guess we should start at the top. There are six different types of abuse. You want to go into those first? Okay. So I think normally when we think of abuse, the most common type of abuse people think of is physical abuse. Yes. Um, yes. And, you know, the trick is that abuse always escalates. It's very rare that it will stop or decrease. So mm -hmm. that's something to keep in mind because I think uh, people, you know, I call them survivors, but people who are in abusive relationships, you know, tend to be in a lot of denial and there's often love for the partner, which is confusing, but we want to think of the best in people, right? Mm -hmm. So we might give them the benefit of the doubt 10, 20, 30 times, but it's been proven that it can, it can often escalate. And as you said, in the statistics lead to the death of the person of the yes. victim. Mm -hmm. I think there are, so there is also sexual abuse. Um, there is financial abuse, which is also something that people don't really know a lot about, but yes. by restricting uh, someone's <laughs> ability to get money, right? That's mm -hmm. restricting what they can do, which right. is part of the tactic of isolation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I think the most insidious 
I'm not saying one is worse or better than the other. Obviously, right. they're all horrible. But mm -hmm. I think the thing that gets so tricky is the emotional and verbal abuse because, you know, someone could say, oh, well, those are just words. I, I didn't mean it. Um, mm -hmm. But over time, it really um, deteriorates the person, the victim's self-esteem, you know, their belief that things can change, uh, their hope. Right. Um, and I've always believed that once – as long as we have hope, we're going to be okay. Once mm -hmm. we start to lose hope, that's the that's the real sticky road, right? I agree with that. I agree with that because we tend we have a tendency and um, giving up. Yeah. Once we lose hope, and so um, I guess Jen, can you go into before I get into the main questions? Can you mm -hmm. go into um, the importance of even if you feel because I know it's easy for me to say. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you feel devalued, you have to have hope. And it's like you said, never give up. Can you go into some of the mm, some of the ways mm -hmm. or some of the things you can do to sure. make yourself want to free yourself from situations such as this? Okay, sure. Um, <clears throat> well, my mother always said to me, always have your own bank account. Mm. Now that mm -hmm. sounds silly, right? Well, if you're in a relationship, you know, trusted relationship, why do you need your own bank account? You can have shared right. resources. No, always keep yourself as independent as possible from day one. Right. Um, and I think that this is really something that, you know, like our whole society and sort of like the romanticism of marriage and love, um, it, it, it kind of clashes against that. You know, to, to think about, okay, my finances are going to be separate. It's not about being separate. It's that you have your own uh, liquidity if you need it, right? You can mm -hmm. take care of yourself and your mm -hmm. children. Just a right. lot of times these are circumstances where children are involved, which makes mm -hmm. it much more complicated, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, okay, what was the question? <laughs> I asked you to, what did I say? I said to speak to a way that yeah, they can remove themselves from. Because right. I said, I know it's easier said than done. I can mm -hmm. sit here all day and I know that it is mental. Yeah. I know it starts in the mind. Right. You have to actually gain the courage. Sure. Because I don't know what my viewers know. I got certified for confidential domestic violence in 2017. So... I had a chance to working with some ladies mm -hmm. that was going through it and um, the physical part, yeah. not the, the physical part. And um, they would always tell me that, you know, even though they felt like leaving, there was always something here right. that made them want to go back. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted you to speak to. I wanted yeah. you to speak to, you know, um, some of the things that, they can do to cultivate that urge to want to go out the door. In other words, well, I think it's such a like in, as you know, Kathy, it's such a complex um, psychological um, situation because well, the first thing I want to repeat is that there's often love in relationship where there is abuse. There is mm -hmm. often love, at least on one part, right? Like, and generally, it is women who are unfortunately abused. I think men are like four or five percent straight men. Mm -hmm. Right. Women in general uh, are about 5% of the population, but the 95% are women. Mm -hmm. So 
there's sort of this, you know, trauma bonding we've heard of, right? That yes. the victim becomes bonded mm -hmm. to the abuser mm -hmm. and the yes. Stockholm syndrome, right? Where mm -hmm. um, that was originally taken where people were held hostage. Well, if you're in an abusive relationship, you are technically held hostage because in mm -hmm. your mind, you know, there's no way out. You're kind of in this prison. So this is what I, when I've been in difficult situations, um, what I've done, and, and if we have time at the end, maybe we can do a short visualization for everyone. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but remember that in your mind, you're always free. Mm -hmm. No one can keep your hope out of your mind or your love for yourself or your children. Um, I would, I would say if you can try to really maintain um, communication with friends or loved ones, mm -hmm. that's a tactic called isolation, as I mentioned. And it's, it's kind of the more isolated a victim is, the harder it is for them to get out. So that's mm -hmm. often a tactic that's used. Um, mm -hmm. But however you can do it, you know, maybe you have to do it by text. So it's quiet. So the person doesn't know that, but you're still in contact with people. Um, there are support groups. I have some um, agency numbers that, you yes. know, we'll, that, get to that to yeah, we'll get to that after. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, the, the most important thing is to try to cultivate some space where, where you can hold the hope, right? Mm -hmm. That one day, it's not going to be like this forever. And one day you will be able to leave and you'll be in your own home and you'll have a safe, peaceful place to live with mm -hmm. or without kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, um, as they're going through getting to that point of freedom, mm -hmm. you're constantly escalating in your healing process. Sure. You're constantly escalating because you have to get, you have to reach that pinnacle before you actually go. Right. So you're constantly, your mind is constantly moving and it's constantly changing. And that mm -hmm. stronghold or whatever it is, you, you said uh, trauma bonding, the trauma yes. bonding or whatever, it's losing its, its grip. Yes. yes. And when you get to that point where you're ready to go, that's when your healing is actually beginning to me. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's go to another question. Uh, I wanted to discuss um, the mental part. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to touch base on that now. Sure. Now, the mental part, it's um, in a lot of different areas. I understand that. Mm -hmm. And um, let me go here. Do the abusers, do they have any potential warning signs because... I mean, sometimes they say now that, you know, certain people draw this type of energy, mm -hmm. speaking on a spiritual level. Right. Now, if we draw this type of energy, um, do we have warning signs for the abuser? Yeah, there, there are definitely red flags. And I think you probably even heard friends or, you know, colleagues say, oh, you know, I, I actually... When I think about it, there are a lot of red flags, but I wasn't really paying attention, right? Because we're either so in love or enraptured with this person. We don't want to, like, see the reality. Um, but often people who, both people who abuse others and people who are uh, victims of abuse have had that, you know, as you, you know, all this stuff, um, have had this history in their family, right? So either 
there was abuse between the parents. Right. Um, there were um, abused themselves as children, or they, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, they witnessed abuse, or in some way it's familiar, right? So mm -hmm. often we equate familiar familiarity with love, mm -hmm. and it's not like love should never hurt in any That's way, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we can get into arguments, but it should never be about someone degrading you or trying to minimize your accomplishments or forcing you into having sex or isolating you, cutting you off financially. That's not love. So if you are in a situation like this, mm -hmm. please try to get help. Um, and I think what you were saying is the emotional part is, and the healing is when you believe that you're worth it, right? When we as women can believe, you know what? I actually am worth more than this. Like I am a good person. I'm kind. I'm loving. I'm smart. And I need to be treated that way with respect. Okay. Sounds good. Now but let's speak. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Until, Go ahead. Finish. Until that clicks, it's very hard. Because yeah, we don't believe that we're worthy. That's true. No one's going to do it for us, right? That's true. Yes. Yep. Now. Let's speak to a little bit about the to the survivors and let's say survivors because I met a lot of women with um children. Mm -hmm. How do we cultivate in our in our babies after we have freed ourselves? Yeah, self worth, self worth, um, knowing that we matter, knowing because they have witnessed a lot. But I do believe just like you said, um, it's a lot of cycles that happen within the family. Mm -hmm. That makes that that makes us susceptible in being in relationships yeah. uh, such as this. But I believe we also can break the chain if we have children and we have suffered domestic violence. How do you think that we can catch our children at a younger age mm -hmm. and give them what they need so they don't have to repeat it? It's a great question. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think part of it is just being real with them. Um, it obviously depends on the age, but even like if you're in that situation, mm -hmm. if you can point out safely, obviously you're not going to tell your kids something if it's going to put you or the kids at risk, but um, just saying it's not okay. You know, the way dad is speaking to mom is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. Don't let it, you know, don't let anyone talk to you this way. Um, and then, you know, if it's about physical safety, I feel like it's a whole different thing. But in terms of the emotional, you know, the valuing of self, um, in a way, you know, let let the children like learn from our experience, unfortunately, that it doesn't have to be this way, that there are other ways. Right. And mm -hmm. it's something like we're all human and we, you know, we, we love and we look for a partner and we look for a company, but it doesn't have to be it should never be something that's hurtful. Mm hmm. Um, what do you think? I mean, you have a lot of expertise in this area too. I have a lot of expertise in um, the mental abuse side. Yeah. Um, I think I nurture, I nurture that part. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would say to the moms to nurture that part of your child. Mm -hmm. If your child is adolescence to teen. Mm-hmm make them feel like they're worthy every day. I mean, uh, congratulate, congratulate them for the small wins mm -hmm. as well as the big. Um, don't put pressure on them and just 
allow them to do their very best, make cultivate that inside of them, like, you know, no kind of degradation or anything right. um, is acceptable. Yes. And so um, you have to start from where you left off. After you get out to me, after they free themselves, mm-hmm. you should you should start there and, and make your child feel like they're loved, like you said, loved and worthy. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank so, you. okay. So here's another question for you, Jen. Yes. Do LGBTQ people experience domestic violence? They do. Um, and I was a little surprised. I was reading some statistics and it says that the the actual abuse is about the same as mm-hmm. in um, non-LGBTQIA plus communities. But the problem is, is the access to resources, right? So they might have less family support, right? Because maybe the parents or the family of origin is not supportive of their lifestyle. So -hmm. they don't have support, whether it's emotionally, financially, even just like, can I come home and be safe? Right. So they might not have that option. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a lot of, in terms of recourse, like legal recourse, as you Mm -hmm. know, a lot of the States are not protecting um, the rights. Absolutely. Yeah. So yes. that, that's like a whole nother level, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty scary, actually. Um, it is. So, yeah, it's mostly um, it's mostly those things. Um, and also the shame that the person might feel if they're still in the process either of transitioning for transgender people or questioning. Um, you know, it's just not – there's a lot of shame that's around that for certain individuals. And mm-hmm. – and as I said, the isolation from friends and family, because that's where you can really get support and right. that might not be there, you know, might not be accessible to them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, during the pandemic, I was reading about mm-hmm. uh, how it was worse yeah. at the time because they couldn't get they couldn't get out of their homes. Right. So they were stuck there and the numbers the domestic violence hotline numbers, unfortunately, they couldn't get us, they couldn't access the people who need their, their help right. at the time. So um, there was also a couple of deaths, with, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And they had children calling the hotline mm-hmm. for their mothers. So um, I'm bringing awareness to this today because I know it has always been, but it has gotten worse because of the situation um, back in with the mm-hmm. pandemic and everything. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm really bringing awareness to women who still suffer because I want them to know that they still can call. Yeah. Don't be apprehensive. You know, there's help here. Definitely. And you always can access those numbers. Don't get complacent. Don't mm-hmm. get stuck and know that you are loved. Yes. So, Jen, our next question is, mm-hmm. we can't this, we'll be remiss if we just speak to women mm-hmm. in abuse. Mm-hmm. How about men? Are men victims of, of domestic violence? Yeah. As I mentioned, it's about really 5% of the population. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really gender. Um, I can't think of the term, but it's definitely kind of a gender 
uh, skew toward, you know, the men as the abusers. Mm -hmm. Um, that's all you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. But you know, That's all? All right. Well, okay. Let's change gears then. Let's talk about the um, cultural. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about cultural identity. Yes. Because um, we know that um, people inflict suffering mm -hmm. on people from different races. True. Which is, you know, the same thing, gender, et cetera. Yes. So can you speak a little bit to cultural violence, domestic violence? Sure. I mean, I'm speaking as a, a white yeah. part Native American Jewish woman. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, I think that a lot of it stems back. I mean, at least I'm talking from my cultural bias that you know, a lot of what women go through goes all the way back to, at least in this country, um, you know, our jobs sort of were taking care of the kids, taking care of the home. It wasn't mm -hmm. really about, like, we were uh, property. Women were property. Right. Um, and so I think that, you know, from that perspective, it's like, well, you're not, you're not a person. You're not... Uh, you're something for me to use. And I'm not saying, you know, in all situations, but you can see why, as in with slavery, you know, if, if someone is property, then their emotions are not part of the, what they want is not part of the issue. Of course. So I feel like that's sort of deeply rooted. Um, and, you know, we could have a whole nother 10 podcast about the African-American experience. Right. And, you know, the, just how you know s stacked up against person like how hard it is i mean you can speak to that more than mm -hmm. i can but i i see it every day and um and so there's a whole bias in terms of people of color right and how about mm -hmm. being a person of color and being maybe gay or lesbian or trans um you know it's sort of like there are different layers to this yeah, there's like a whole a, bunch of a whole onion, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I didn't bring you on the show just to speak to the main the main uh, areas of domestic violence, mm -hmm. but also to discuss wellness. Yeah, because I know you're big on wellness and you're big on getting people and grounded and centered in the right spot so they can take care of themselves. That's the most important thing because if we can't take care of ourselves, we can't leave situations such as that. That's we right. cannot go forward in our goals and our aspirations. We can't do anything. So yeah. go ahead. You got the show. Uh, <laughs> man, speak to some wellness. And I'm, I'm very interested in this part too. Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, you know, I'm new to some parts of wellness and I'm still working on others, but there are things that we can do every day as women, as people, um, for self-care. And one of the things I work with my clients, uh, I often do it during a session and I thought maybe we could do some breathing techniques here is a lot mm -hmm. of us don't actually know how to breathe correctly. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, in a way that really fills our lungs and, and our brains with oxygen. Mm -hmm. And it's said that just with a few minutes of, of good breath work, even mm -hmm. if it's like two to three breaths, 
we can change our body chemistry, like our brain chemistry, and just feel better, feel less anxious. Let's do the exercise now. Let's do it. All right. I'm ready. And like, if you all want to close your eyes, I usually close my eyes and I'll lead mm -hmm. you in, let's say, three breaths. Okay. Mm -hmm. We do accounts of four and it's called box breathing. Okay. So take a deep breath in. Hold it for four. One, two, three, four. Let it out. And hold it at the bottom if you can. One, two, three, four. Take another breath in. Hold it. One, two, three, four. Let it out. And hold it for four. One, two, three, four. Let's take one last deep breath. Hold it. One, two, three, four. And let it out. Okay, and when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Mm. Mm. So, Janet felt like I needed that. <laughs> Want to do more? <laughs> I felt like I needed that for real. Yeah, me too. Um, wow. So, I think there are a lot of really basic things that we can do for self care. And some of this, you know, we, we all know, but let's remind ourselves, right. you know, getting plenty of water, hydration. Um, I try to get as much sleep as I can just because I know that if I don't, I'm going to be a mess the next day, right? With work and kids and pets. Um, we have a lot of obligations, right? A lot of people that depend on us. Mm -hmm. So we've all heard that, um, that saying, like when you're on the plane, if something happens, put your oxygen mask on first and then put it on your kid. Because if we can't function well, we can't breathe they're not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to take care of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was good. That was good. I like, I like that a lot, Jen. Okay. Now, Jen, can you please speak to um, people, people that are suffering right now, yeah. people that right now that's going to watch this, watch this podcast mm -hmm. and they're going to be in the situation that we are discussing today. Okay. Sure. Can you speak to the ladies or mm -hmm. men yeah. in a domestic violence situation right okay. now. Okay. So don't give up. Mm -hmm. It's it's probably one of the hardest times in your life. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of people who have been there and have gotten out successfully. And you can also do that. And there are many organizations that will support you. Um, I understand that a lot of times, you know, you can't call because there's no privacy, right? That you're maybe being monitored. Um, <clears throat> one, I know, Kathy, you probably have a lot of numbers. I just wanted to give out one that you can text, uh, the National Domestic Violence Hotline. That has a phone number. Um, it's 800-799-SAFE. Uh, 800-799-SAFE. Mm -hmm. And you can also text, okay, uh, start, S-T-A-R-T, to the number 88788. So text start to 88788. Because um, I'm very aware that you might not have privacy. Um, try to let someone know, uh, you know, try to be in touch with somebody. So you have like sort of an outside 
you know, someone on the outside who is there for you. Um, and if you, I mean, I don't know if we have time to go into more specifics, but there's like specifics for safety planning and, you know, a grab bag, take your bag, have your bag ready for when the time comes that you can leave. Mm -hmm. We have a few minutes for that, Kathy. Yeah. You can go okay. into that. Yeah. All right. So basically, um, a safety plan is like a plan of action, like a treatment plan. Um, that you you plan ahead for the day and the time that you will be able to leave. So one of the really important parts is having um, like a grab bag, almost like when you go, when women go to have a, a baby, right? You have that bag ready. Um, and it has, so in this case, you want to have like all your important documents, uh, preferably originals, but copies um, for your kids too, mm -hmm. some cash, um, change of clothes for you and your kid, your medications and their meds, and maybe a phone charger. Keep in mind that the most dangerous time in leaving is when you leave the relationship because the, the tactics of an abusive relationship are about control. So mm -hmm. at this point, you're leaving, so the abuser does not have, they're losing control of you. Okay, so it's not, I'm not saying that to make you scared. I'm just to be aware, right? To try to have everything ready, try to do it at a time that they're not there. Let somebody else know that you're going to do it and when you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if you can have a place to go, if not, there are certain shelters that um, I did my first internship at a DV shelter in Harlem. They don't give out the location of the shelter. Mm -hmm. So they actually will meet you. Um, so and you're not to give the name. Uh, or the location out to anyone. But I guess, um, I don't know if this would be a good time to do it. I wanted to do a little visualization. Um, mm -hmm. And Kathy, tell me if you want to do that at the end. Go ahead. Can we do it now? Yes. Okay. All right. So take a few minutes and let's close our eyes again. Okay. And we're going to take two deep breaths. Take one more. Okay. Now what we're going to do is wherever you are, whether you're at home or at work, at a friend's house, we're going to take a little walk outside and we're going to go to a place. And remember, this is all in our mind's eye. This is a visualization. So try not to think. This is not about mental capacity. It's about sensory, like feeling with every um, sensory aid, touch, taste, smell, hearing, and sight, we're going to find a place that's peaceful and safe. So as we're walking down the street, whether it's a city street or a country lane, <clears throat> or like maybe you're in the middle of nowhere in a desert or, um, you know, on a ski trail, we're going to a place where we are safe, that no one can harm us. And this is a place that you can go in your mind whenever you feel scared or when you need a place that's safe for you. Okay, so as we keep walking, a few feet ahead, you're going to see a gate. It could be any kind of gate. You can imagine it. Is it a wooden gate? Is it an iron gate? Um, is it heavy? Is it light? So try to imagine it with all your senses. What does it feel like? 
does it smell like wood or does it smell like metal or something else? Does it have flowers on it? And as you open the gate, you're being transported into a sacred, safe space that is only for you and that no one can access. This is a place where you can breathe freely and not be hindered by anyone else who is attempting to harm you in any way. So let's imagine with all our senses, what kind of safe space is this? Is there snow? Is it sandy? Is it a beautiful beach in the Caribbean? Is it on a mountaintop? So try to, with all your senses, try to be in your space, whether it's a little cottage or maybe, you know, a condo or, you know, like a beach chair, wherever you feel comfortable. And just sit for a few minutes and be there with all your senses. What does it smell like? Do you smell the fresh scent of spring? Or are you living in the Southern hemisphere, maybe where it's fall and you smell the leaves and the colder, crisper air? And of course, we're doing this in our mind's eye, but what do you see in your mind's eye? Do you see water? Do you see snow? Do you see falling leaves? And what do you taste? Have you just had coffee? Do you, did you brush your teeth? Do you taste toothpaste or maybe nothing? And what do you touch? What do you feel? Are you holding onto yourself? Are you holding something in your hand? And what do you hear? Are there footsteps? Are there animals nearby? Do you hear maybe kids laughing, dogs barking, or maybe nothing. Maybe it's a quiet place where you don't hear anything. Okay, and I just, I'm gonna be quiet for a minute, maybe half a minute, and I just want you to be in this place and just be and breathe, okay? And I'll come back in a little bit. And before we come back, was there an animal that you saw, a bird or maybe a lion or a dog, a cat, any kind of animal might be here to give you some message. So if you do see an animal, honor them and greet them. And remember, take them with you, like not physically, but you know, take take their, you know, spirit presence with you and and I'll tell you what to do afterwards with that. And if you didn't get an animal, it's no worries. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to say goodbye to our sacred safe space. And then if you did meet an animal guardian, say goodbye and thank them. And we're going to walk out of the gate and back to where we were. 
And we feel lighter now. We feel like we have this space that we can go to whenever we need to. And as you come back, whether it's to home or to work or wherever you were before, and opening your door, you just feel a sense of lightness and of hope. Okay, so come back into where you were and sit down. And let's take two deep breaths and then come back. Okay, so take a deep breath in. Hold it for four. One, two, three, four. Let it out. Hold it. One, two, three, four. Take another deep breath. Hold it. One, two, three, four. And let it out. And when you're ready, we can come back and open our eyes. Wow. <laughs> you sleep yet, Kat? I think, Jen, I think we shouldn't have, we should have saved this for just you and me. We should have this. <laughs> You're so funny. I am so relaxed after that. I'm I'm so oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I feel relaxed too. Thank Ooh, you made me you made me totally forget we was doing the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, here we are. That was wonderful. You oh, gave them really. I hope a lot of people watch this because they're going to love this exercise. This exercise oh, is great. Thank you. And again, like Jen said, if you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, do not hesitate to call the New Jersey Statewide Domestic Violence uh, hotline at area code 800-572-SAFE. That's 1-800-572-7233. Jen, we have reached the end of our show. Okay. And I I love you. And thank you I so much you. for coming to Cathartic Conversations Podcast. Let me put this disclaimer out here. Cathartic Conversations Podcast, we do not claim to know have all the answers. We are a podcast of discussions, suggestions, and we are serving as conduits for positive exchange and to ignite the inner dialogue because you already have the answers within. So, Jen, I created this board and it's called the Hope and Perseverance Board. I'm so sad that you're not here in person to sign it because I have all my guests sign the board and underneath their signature, they put a word of hope or a quote hope or perseverance. Now I'm going to have the liberties of signing your name. Thank you. And I want to know which word or quote you would like for me to put under. I think just the word hope. That's wonderful. Hold on. Okay. Let me, let me get over here. Jennifer Taylor, and the one she chose is Hope. I love that. There you are, Jen. Thank you, Kathy. I'm going to come see it, I promise. I know you are. Yep. 
And I will and I want to thank everyone for watching today. Uh, and I hope to see you next week on Cathartic Conversations. Have a good evening. Thank Bye -bye. you.